Uh, I have so much to say today. I'm not going to say it all. Lucky for you. So, first thing I want to do is acknowledge a new little presence in our midst. Baby Alma. She's... Uh, She's all covered up and sleepy right now. Oh, my goodness. Hello, beautiful girl. Welcome to the world. Oh, my goodness. She's so beautiful. Oh, we're so sleepy. Folks, I want you to remember as you look at this little one here. Look at her. Oh, my goodness. Just as we... Oh, she's... She is perfectly present. Look at that. Alma. As we look at, at baby Alma today, we remember what we, what we talked about with baby Enzo just a couple of weeks ago. She's straight from God and has not yet begun to forget. Oh. And so as you very non-intrusively <laughs> look upon this baby today. I hope that you'll remember that you started here and you're only a breath away from that. That innocence, that connection with God, that, that connection with your eternal source right here. Alma, we're so glad you're here. And thank you for bringing her to us today. May I, can I, is it okay to just touch? Oh. Make sure the camera can see. Oh. Okay, I'm dying. Oh, she's so dear. Is she weeks old or no? Six and a half weeks old. Six and a half weeks. Good job, Mama. Good job, Mama. Yeah. <laughs> On behalf of, of, of all of you, I can tell you that that is perfection, right there. That is perfection. And beloved friends, we need to remember this today. The feeling that you got in your heart just now, the one that's just suffusing my being right now, we need to hold on to that. Because there are things going on in our world that require us to hold a light brighter than ever. And I cannot come before you today and speak about the rich life without speaking about all of life. Just this week, in Holocaust remembrance, something that's in our psychic DNA, the synagogue in Jerusalem was attacked and people were killed on Shabbat. And now we have the horrible experience of knowing exactly what happened to Tyree Nichols. And 
I watched the video on, on behalf of those of you who didn't and don't want to. There was a demonstration of inhumanity like I've never seen before. Not one person said, stop doing this. Not one person said, we need emergency help right now. Not one person said, we might be overreacting. Not one person. And so a 29-year-old life ended for no reason at the hands of others that we, by, by societal structure, have to trust. And so go ahead and be angry. Go ahead and have your heart broken. If for no other reason than to affirm your own humanity, your own ability to grieve and be outraged, and it's important for us to move through those things because in the end we have to do the really hard thing, which is not only pray for the families of those affected, but to pray for the perpetrators. Some days it's really hard to encourage the people that I serve to do that. And I have to tell you that today is a hard day to have to say that. But there is uh, there's a, a, a sickness, there is a festering, there is a cancerous wound in individuals in the earth. And it causes them to do things that are unspeakable. And if that was our wound... Would we not want people to pray for us? If we were so wounded that we had to wound other people, would we not want some measure of compassion? And beloved ones, it's, um, it's not them out there that are going to do it. It's us in here. And I stand here because I know that you're going to pray for the Nichols family and all of his friends. I know that you will because I know that's who you are. But my charge is to challenge all of us to do the difficult thing and pray for the families of those that are indicted right now, charged with the unspeakable, those lives that are destroyed as well. And it's okay if you say, I can't do that. Know that about yourself. And let moving through it be the thing that you do next in your spiritual journey. Okay, I need to ask you to breathe because I stopped hearing breath in the room <laughs> a few minutes ago. In order for us to have a rich life, in order for us to have a happy life, a joyful life, an abundant life, in order for us to do all those things, we cannot close ourselves off to parts of life that we don't like. 
As a matter of fact, it's important for us to keep our eyes open. And I can tell you that we are capable of, we have the strength to stand strong and stand faithful and stand open in the face of the bad that humanity does. We have that capability. We choose whether or not we use it. Okay, y'all, sorry. I guess I'm preaching, <laughs> preaching too hard. <laughs> I didn't plan to wear all black today, but I guess in light of what I'm saying. <sighs> we have to be able to look at everything and decide who we're going to be in the face of it, don't we? Think of it as compensation, if you will, to the world. Think of it as bringing a sense of balance. If that much can exist over there that is the evil that humans do, then there must be over here the good that we can bring. There must be. It is the teaching of all the great teachers, all the great sages, all the great wise ones from all traditions. Can we affirm that justice is served? Yes, we can affirm that as well. Justice is a divine concept, is it not? It's not always on human timing. It's not always playing out the way we'd like it to. And yet we stand for justice anyway because we're living in a world, a human world. We're living in this world that has us pulled about here and there by our different feelings and our conditioning and our addictions and everything else drags us around. And at some point we have to say, yes, I'm going to hold on to an anchor. I'm going to hold on to this buoy in the storm-tossed ocean that is my faith, that is my connection with God, that is my, my living of spirit. We have to make that choice. I mean, the only ones who are going to rescue us as a race are us. And so let's do what we can. I'm not going to speak to you today about prosperity and abundance Necessarily, in the terms that unity has always used. I, I, I want to go, not that there's anything wrong. If you're new to unity, you need to know those scriptures that we stand on that say that it's, it's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. In other words, everything you need is already here. Look. Give thanks, receive. In that order, give thanks first, then receive. If you want a good book that's got some really hardcore, fundamental unity teachings about prosperity, then get this little book that we've studied here in this church. It's outstanding. It's by Edwin Gaines. It's called The Four Spiritual Laws of Prosperity. It's little. It's not that intimidating by its size. 
But what it teaches in here will lift you up from those moments of despair and hopelessness like I know I've had this last week. It'll lift you up. It'll have you focusing on the things that make a difference. It'll have you focusing on what you can do in your life to be prosperous and abundant and generous. Generosity is a huge part of living an abundant life, whether it is the work of your hands, the money from your treasure, whether it is the, the service that you give to others through prayer, through ministering to them. And I don't mean like minister like a role. I mean serving other people. That's part of the way we live an abundant life. For those of you that have little kids, the best service that you can give is to be present to your kids. Nobody's asking you to say, take care of your kids and do this and do this and do this. Nobody's asking you to do that. What is asked of all of us, no matter where we are, no matter what we're doing, is to be of service to the spirit of truth, no matter where we are. That is what is called from us, for us. Because uh, at various points in our lives, we do have to look and say, okay, am I a taker or am I a giver? Am I going about the world expecting things to be given to me without my giving anything of myself. Now, beloved, hear me. There are seasons in our lives in which we are, uh, we are needing to receive. When we're going through a, a difficult time in our lives, when we're going through grieving, when we're going through uh, transitions in our lives. But I'm looking at the overall span of things. Are you a giver or a taker? Most of you sitting here are givers. I've watched you. You're good at it. And places like this exist because you give of yourselves. Your time, your talent, your treasure. I love those three terms. Time, talent, and treasure. And there is a law of exchange, my friends. There is a law of exchange. You give, <laughs> there's, a, there's a beautiful passage in the book of Micah in which God calls upon people to prove his goodness. Excuse me for using masculine pronouns. God says, let me prove to you how much good I have for you. Bring your treasures into the storehouse. Let me show you how much more I will pour out upon you. I kind of like that. It's like God saying, okay, I dare you to see if I can cheat you. We don't think of it that way, do we? 
We think it has to be even exchanged. Here's what Edwin Gaines says in her book. These are the four, the four spiritual laws. I'm not going to go over this because we'd spend a whole month going over this book. You can read it. But here's the four things, the spiritual laws. Tithing, goal setting, forgiveness, and divine purpose. I could do a whole set of Sundays on this. Tithing, goal setting, forgiveness, and divine purpose. If you have questions about tithing, just ask me. If you're afraid to ask questions about tithing, just ask me. <laughs> you know, giving, there, there, there's a law that was set up in the, in the Hebrew Bible. And it started out as a, as a bargaining with Jacob and God. It started out as people paying a, a, a price to cross across somebody's land. But I love when Jacob said, oh, this place feels very holy. I had some pretty incredible dreams while I was here. So God, if you, if you, God, will look after all my people and look after me for the rest of my life, I'll give you some of my stuff. Isn't that just like a human being? And isn't it just like us? Like back in college, maybe if you overindulged. Just let me get through this night. I promise I won't ever do this again. <laughs> I'm just saying that some of us may have had that experience. <laughs> and broke the promise. <laughs> <laughs> so it started out with a human. A human saying, hey, God, tell you what. You look after me, I'll give you some of my stuff. But it became part of the lifeblood of making sure that humanity has what it needs in community with each other so that we can all move forward together so that we keep that, that rising tide that lifts all the boats. That, that's what tithing does. So if you're not tithing and you're not experiencing the abundance in not just finances but all areas of your life, if you're not experiencing abundance and you're not tithing, you might want to look at that correlation. You might want to look at the fact that um, you've got a thing here that supports your spiritual growth, that supports you uh, physically, emotionally, mentally. We have, we have socially, we have everything here right now at, to our greatest capacity to support the richness of your life. Support that. That's what I'll say about tithing. And I will say this as well. I found this out about, gosh, 25 years ago. Somebody said that when you tithe, the 90% you have left over goes farther than the 100% you had before. I don't know why that works. I know that it works. It works. 
I'll give you an idea of why I think it works, why I think generosity and gratitude is so important to a rich life. It's because when we're giving of ourselves, when we're giving of our time, talent, and treasure, we are setting up this flow so that we can see, so that we can give thanks, so that we can see more and receive more and give thanks and see more and give thanks and see more. We set up this beautiful cycle it opens our eyes so that we see abundance that was already there and we were missing it. That's what giving of ourselves does. Ask any of you who works in a volunteer organization, whether it's here or elsewhere, that what you receive back from your service far excels. It far exceeds what you've put into it. So there's that. The second part is goal setting. That means, what is it that you want in your life? Not just what do you want to do, what's your one-year plan, your five-year plan, your 10-year plan. I don't want to think about 10 years from now, honestly. <laughs> Not dreading it. But I'm kind of in that day-at-a-time thing right now. Yeah. But that does not exclude setting out what I would like to have for myself as I go through life, certain qualities that I'd like to experience, certain things that I'd like to accomplish before I walk off this earth. i got to tell you a funny story. This is a material story. You can translate it into a spiritual story. So when my kids were little, like maybe even before they were born, so that means really little, um, I really wanted a Volvo XC90. That's what I really wanted for my car seat car, you know, to get them through their youth. Bill said, nah, don't think I want a Volvo in the family. Don't need a Volvo. We'll get something else. So I got a... Uh, yeah, what was it, a Chrysler Town & Country mommy van. <laughs> Not the XC90. And as the kids grew, I would revisit that. Hey, how about that XC90 idea? Nope. Not doing the XC90. No Volvos. So late 2019 into, I mean, sorry, late 2018 into 19, Bill decided it was time for a new car for himself. <laughs> yeah. I went to this right away. What made you change your mind, honey? Well, it just seemed like it was a good car to get. And then he kind of just slunk <laughs> off. So God bless him. Uh, he hasn't driven in a long time now and uh, is in hospice care and does not need his car. And um, so we brought the car back to our house for safekeeping. And, you know, got a cover to put over it and everything. So now I have an XC90. And I, and I don't even want it. 
But do you see, I set it into motion all those years ago. I couldn't have told you back 26 years ago that a Volvo was going to be sitting in my driveway. I wouldn't have been able to guess that. Now, if I could do that with the Volvo, <laughs> what about the stuff that's really important? What about that? I'll tell you another very personal story. My paternal grandmother was not a happy person. Um, probably had an untreated mental illness. She, uh, her grandmother was a full-blood Chickasaw. But my grandmother grew up in a time in which to be a Native American descendant was shameful and marginalized and ridiculed. And so finding out about my, my Chickasaw heritage was kind of a behind-closed-doors kind of thing because that, that, that uh, DNA of shame, that DNA of a, of a terrible childhood, contracted my grandmother. She was not a generous person. She did not have a happy life. She did not have the opportunity or the wherewithal or I don't know what to be able to break herself free from that awful cycle, that awful DNA of sadness that had touched her life from the time she was a little girl. And so her life was contracted. And in the very end of her life, because I kind of held her at arm's length, we had a connection spiritually, a silent connection in which everything was forgiven and resolved in which I saw in the depths of her, through her eyes, her true soul, and not the damaged persona that she had worn all of her life. My grandmother gave me the opportunity to forgive her. My grandmother gave me the opportunity to see that no matter how a person has lived their life, there exists at the core of them their truest, kindest, most generous, connected self. Which leads us into the next part, which is forgiveness. Which means that we... It's sometimes easier to forgive the people that are farther away from us than there are the people that are the closest to us. But forgiveness is key to our spiritual health. Forgiveness is key to an abundant life. Forgiveness is key to our richness. It's essential. I had a goal in my life to live my life differently than my grandmother, and God bless her for being the bad example. You know, we have to bless people for that with compassion. And I believe that I've succeeded in that in my life because I did not want to live my life as contracted as grandmother was.
and she gave me the opportunity to forgive. And I'm so grateful to her for that. And I know that her soul beyond this life is much more peaceful than the one that lived here. The last part of a spiritual law for prosperity and abundance in your life is your divine purpose. That's not a one and done. That's an evolving, beautiful expression of your evolving and beautiful self. That's what your divine purpose is all about. If you don't feel like if you haven't identified your divine purpose, do it. Do it. I'm not asking much of y'all today. I'm only asking you to tithe, to set some goals, to forgive, and to know your divine purpose. Just those four things. Piece of cake. But this is what it's about, isn't it? I just saw an article this morning that said that happy people are happy because they nurture the relationships that they value the most in their lives. And this study that was done, it was a Harvard study, had people question where they weren't doing that in their lives and why. And that's some hard examination. So, I mean, you come to church because... You want to see these people that you love, but you also come here because we're all challenging each other and lifting each other up, aren't we? If you, in case you forgot, you bring out the very best in me. You do. I know I'd better stand up here and be authentic and not say stuff I'm not willing to do myself. So you lift me up. I hope I lift you up. I hope we can feel like we've locked arms with each other and we're living this life in the richest way possible. If you've got chronic mental health issues, talk to your doctor. If you've got chronic addiction, which is a disease, take a look at it and say, I don't want to live like this anymore. I want whatever it is the happy people have. If you've contracted your life due to physical and psychic energies, Begin to gently dig yourself out of that hole. Ask for help. And beloved, give thanks. Give thanks all the time. Give thanks for the smallest things. You don't have to wait for a big thing to happen in order to be grateful. You be grateful before the big thing happens. Because you know I like to think about spiritual substance, kind of like, like putty. And we may not know what the final shape is going to be, but we take that divine putty, that substance, with our minds and we shape it into something that satisfies us. Is it okay with you to be satisfied in your life? Is it okay with you? Have you given yourself permission? 
Start by giving thanks. Start by supporting and nurturing the things that matter to you the most. Start by forgiving all the unforgiven things. Feel the automatic lightness of being as you let those people go. Doesn't matter what they deserve. It doesn't matter what they deserve because that's a judgment that's none of our business. What matters is that we, that we set them free. That's for us. So like I said, I had a lot to say today. Yep. And I've said a whole, whole bunch of it, trying to bring prosperity into one thing. Guess what we're going to tackle next week? Healing. Let's see, prosperity, healing, what will we do the week after that? You know that we've got an early Lent this year, right? Early Lent for early Easter. Y'all ready? (laughs) Y'all ready? Yeah. I mean, it's accelerating, isn't it? It's accelerating. Take a breath. Take a breath. We're going to pray for just a moment. We're going to pray. We've talked about a lot this morning. We've blessed a baby. We've grieved losses. We've looked at what's important to us. What areas of our life might need a little tweak, a little encouragement, a little request for help. We've looked at where we might expand our lives and our generosity and our resources. But now let all that go, beloved. Just let it all trickle out of your mind and its busyness. And breathe into the one true thing. That eternal flame at the center of your being that is a brighter light than we can stand. It is a greater warmth than we can imagine. Give thanks for just a moment that for now you are wearing this body that allows you to experience life on earth. It allows you to share existence with the things of the air, the things of the ocean, the things of the land. It allows you to share the space with other human beings that have the very same flame at their center that you do. In 
and ask yourself if you can say this statement without hesitation, I'm willing to receive all the abundance that my life can hold. Say that quietly to yourself. I am willing to receive all the abundance that my life can hold. Start with this. Thank you, God, for today I have enough. Start with this. I believe. Help my unbelief. Start with this. All of the riches are at hand. May I see them. And let these words be yours. I am healed. I am illuminated. I am blessed with riches beyond my imagining. I forgive. I release. I bless. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Amen.